Don't listen to what anybody says unless they're saying this. Don't join until you have to join. That's Jimmy Callahan, an actor who's booked over 70 commercials. He now uses his expertise to teach classes at the Second City and the Green Room Studio in Chicago. And I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. On this episode, the big union-non-union question is answered. This episode is brought to you by the 5-Minute Journal, which is the simplest, most effective way to be happier every day. I write in mine every single day. I'll put a link in the description to where you can get one. Hey Lee, this is Sarah. I'm in Minneapolis. I'm an actor here. I've been here for acting for a while. Um, anyways, it's about that union-non-union debate. So should I go SAG? Should I not? I'm getting my SAG card soon. Is it worth it? Should I be doing this? There's a lot of conversations going on in kind of the acting circles that I'm in, in Minneapolis. And um, it's a bit of a conflict. You know, those who do have their SAG card aren't always impressed with what they're getting out of it. And those who are getting it um, are a little conflicted. You know, is it going to take away from some other opportunities um, if it's, you know, for union work only? So uh, thank you again for your podcast. I think this has been extremely useful. Such a smart guy to think of something like this. So I've been telling everybody I know about it, um, casting directors, everybody to uh, tune in and, and to listen to you. So thanks again. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Callahan again. And uh, we actually had a call uh, from uh, a lovely in Minneapolis named Sarah. Uh, one of the questions she had was in regards to the union versus non-union discussion. Um, and some people will say that's up for debate, but there is no debate. You do not join the union until you are forced to join the union. That's just it. That's flat out it. You don't join the union until you have to join the union. Um, what does that mean? So for people who aren't aware or who, have, who aren't in the union yet, um, there's union and non-union work. Union is uh, work that's going towards SAG actors, SAG after actors, um, and non-union work uh, is everything else. Um, in this stage, though, there is actually a pretty decent amount of non-union work because a lot of companies uh, try to skirt the system, and they will um, actually create like a subsidiary company within their company to launch a product, so that they aren't really beholden to sad rules, so that they can hire non-union actors and save some money on the launch for that campaign. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it, but that's basically just it. Um, Non-union work is not going to get you as much money as union work because you have the power of the union behind you, and so the the money that you're going to get for the shoot is going to be more. That's not to say that you can't get a good amount of work non-union, uh, and it for, and, and to actually make a decent amount of money doing non-union stuff. Uh, when I was in Chicago before I joined SAG, I made a you know pretty decent living just doing non-union commercials. Um, the thing is, like, once you join the union, then you cannot do non-union work. So uh, if you are in a market such as Minneapolis where there's not going to be a lot of union commercials coming or SAG uh, feature films or TV shows. Uh, now, I don't know Sarah's exact exact situation, not what she's looked uh, through the union and what she hasn't, but um, let's say that Sarah did a couple uh, SAG short films um, or she did like a local commercial that was union. 
um, and she got some vouchers. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know offhand exactly the voucher system because I I've kind of been far removed from that. But I think that you need like three vouchers within a certain amount of time so that you can you're then eligible to join the union. But that doesn't mean that you have to join the union. If you let's say that you book a union commercial, you book some national commercial, uh, you are then what's called Taft Hartley. Uh, because it is a union, uh, there, there are you know, rules in, in our in our great country that allow you to do union work without having to join immediately. So your first SAG job is basically like kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card, uh, even though union isn't a jail. It's actually a very good thing. But, um, but you don't have to join if you do one, one job. Uh, however... The next job, if you book uh, if you book a SAG job after that, a union job after that, then uh, typically, not all the time, but typically, you're going to be what's called a must-join. And then, in order for you to do that job, you're going to have to join the union. When you do join, uh, especially because uh, SAG and AFTRA merged uh, the past few years, the dues are pretty expensive. I mean, there are the initial uh, registration fee and membership. I want to say it's like close to $3,000 at this point. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a little over that actually. Yeah, so um, I mean that's not uh, that's not like a you know just a small chunk of change. So I think that could be for a lot of people that could be a lot of money. Uh, and so ideally, what you want um, your your second job to be like your must join job to be uh, is is the job that's actually going to pay for those dues. So it's not such a financial burden. Um, so if you're just doing like a you know a couple doing films and stuff like that, and then like you, you're eligible to join the union, you don't want to do it just because you're eligible because you've got to fork over three grand. And then there's also no guarantee that you're going to get that uh, union work, and you can't do non-union work. So it doesn't make any sense. Like, you're, you're, you're only hurting yourself if you join before you're ready. So don't think that casting directors or agents aren't going to take a look at you because you're non-union. They, they hire non-union, or rather, um, uh, agents will, will bring on non-union workers, uh, actors all the time. People can hire you if you're non-union, uh, and they can put you in SAG and, and, and after it. It's not a big deal to them. So, so don't think that you're going to be missing out on work because you're not union. In fact, it could be very much the opposite, that you're missing out on non-union work because you're union and you're stuck, not able to audition for union jobs because you're in a small market. So don't listen to what anybody says. Unless they're saying this, don't join until you have to join. Until your agent or the production company says, hey, you're a must-join, you do not join SAG. When I actually was starting out in Chicago, uh, the very, very first job I ever did with SAG, I think I told the story before, um, very first, uh, first job I did with SAG, uh, but then I didn't do any other union work until uh, see, three or four years later. So during those three or four years, I was just doing a bunch of non-union commercials and making a living off of that. But if I joined at that point because I was eligible to join, then I would have missed out on all that work and I and I, I didn't get any union jobs for a few years. So I would have made zero money <laughs> as an actor. So don't rush into anything. Don't think that you're going to be behind because you're not in a union. Uh, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen and it'll only, it should only happen when you are in a must-join situation. If you ever are curious about what your status is, you can always call your local office uh, for SAG and give them your name, your social security number, and they're going to tell you what your status is. So sometimes, like you did, like a non-union, or rather a union job, 
um, you know, a couple of years ago. And, uh, and then you're, you know, you're up for another union job now. Uh, you want to know if they even, they might even even kind of forgot about that job. You might not have to, you might not have to join. You might be able to be tapped partly again. I mean, it's happened before. So, uh, don't join the union unless you have to. Uh, if you're curious about your, uh, your status with the union, just call the local office, uh, stack after. Another thing that comes up oftentimes in talking about union, non-union stuff, uh, especially when you're in a smaller market is the idea of financial core or buy core. Uh, and basically what that means is that you, you kind of, you forfeit certain benefits of being in the union in order to then do non-union work. So, uh, you don't get to vote. Um, I also believe that, uh, uh, your pension is not, uh, is not paid in full. Uh, and I also think that, and you might be able to speak this better than I can, Lee. Uh, I think that it also affects your ability to get health insurance through SAG. Um, but in any case, uh, there are certain people who, uh, who want to try to, uh, go five course so they can do union and non-union work. Um, I will tell you that Everything that I've heard from the production side of things, from the cash director side of things, uh, and also from the agent side of things, they hate it. <laughs> they hate it. It's a big hassle for them uh, because they have to pay a penalty to SAG if they use a FICOR member. Um, and so they're going to be less apt to hire a FICOR actor when they can just hire a union actor. So I really would strongly suggest not going FICOR. Unless it's the only way that you can make a living. But... Still, I think that there, there's a better way, either moving to a different market where you might be able to get more jobs uh, uh, or just sticking with non-union work or just going full union. Like, but if you're going in between, then not only is it a headache for people because there's a lot more paperwork, there are penalties that they have to, uh, have to pay, but also if you're, you're an in-betweener. Uh, you're, not, you're not fully committed to SAG, and so people will kind of like treat you like an outsider. Right. Uh, union people are going to look at you like you're kind of a traitor, and non-union people um, are going to be upset because you've got this person who can do union work, who should be in the union for all intents and purposes, but who also is like taking away union, uh, non-union work from them. So right. um, I would say that I do know some people who go uh, FICOR or go on FICOR, uh, and in the long run, it, it really hurts your career. Yeah. Um, yeah, you pretty much said everything I was going to say. Uh, yeah, you are, and this is going to sound harsh, but union people will look at you as a scab because you are, you are, you're playing both sides. You're, you're, you're in the union, so you're able to take the work of the union people, but you're also, um, reducing the power of the union because now Correct. people who are non, who are, have non-union productions hire you too, so they don't have to pay the union. And right. it's just like, um, it's not a good look. And it's very secretive. The people who are FICOR will not tell you they're FICOR. They just won't. They don't tell anybody because they're, I mean, they know what's going to happen. If they, if that gets, if that's the, um, this is just public knowledge, people will not like it. A lot of people won't like it. So, right. yeah, it's yeah, not, a, it's, it's, not it's, a good it's thing. It's like trying to have your cake and eat it too. And, um, and the whole point of the union is strength in numbers and to avoid uh, all of the acting work going to non-union, where where actors get paid less money and uh, and are more easily manipulated. Whereas if you have the power of the union behind you, then you have all the union resources behind you as well, and they can fight for you uh, when it comes to 
uh, disagreements with contract issues uh, or or salaries, uh, you know, or you know, compensation free work. Again, I I have not heard anything positive about FICOR, except for one of the guys who FICOR would be likely to do both work. But 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 he also has this particular person also has like like a day sales job, so he doesn't need health insurance. He doesn't need to have a pension uh, or any sort of retirement benefits because he has that through his day job. So mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's really playing both sides of the fence and also having another job. So I uh, I strongly strongly encourage everyone not to. It it, it sounds it sounds like a good thing on the on the surface. Oh, you can do both. Uh, you know, both union and non-union. But it's it's a bad thing in the long run, and uh, you can severely damage relationships. Um, if you if you are FICOR or if you go to FICOR with uh, your with the casting directors uh, with production companies, um, it's just not a really good idea. And uh, another thing is, um, if you let's say you're in Minneapolis and you are you're working there, but you think sometime in the future you're going to move to LA or New York or Chicago. Um, first of all, if you go to LA and you're FICOR agents in large part, won't look at you. They will not mess with somebody who's FICOR. Same thing in Chicago. There's a lot of agencies here that won't deal with people who are FICOR. They just don't like it. And then let's say, okay, so let's say you're in Minneapolis and you're thinking like, I can't, I'm, I, uh, maybe you are in the union, you, you joined and you can't get any work because there's not enough union work there. So you're really thinking about going FICOR. If you go FICOR and then five years from now, you eventually move to LA or New York or something and you need to go full union and get out of FICOR, lose your FICOR status because nobody will talk to you. Um, none of the agents will talk to you. Uh, in order to get back into full union, you have to go, you have to like write up. And I know this because I talked to somebody at SAG after years ago about this. You have to write a letter to SAG. They will then have you in front of a board of people in a room where you plead your case and they either stamp you with access or denied and, or approved or denied. And they, if they stamp you with denied, they don't legally have to give you any reason why they don't have to provide any explanation. That's just the laws behind the union. They just go, Nope. Sorry. Yep. You're done. Well, and then, and then, uh, do you, what, once you, if you want to reinstate yourself, don't you also have to pay, uh, the, um, Initiation fee again, the registration fee again, or is that, right. is that not correct? I, uh, I'm sure you would have to. I'm sure you would have I, to. I'm pretty, and, and I'm not positive on this. I'd have to check, but I'm I'm pretty certain that uh, that if you um, you know, if you want to reinstate yourself, then you have you have to pay the three thousand dollars again. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's just right. in in no in no scenario have I found it beneficial to be five more. Right, and if one one more thing, if you are union in a market that where there's no union work one option that you do have and i, I also know this from talking to uh, um, a sag after a uh, employee is you can you can write a letter to sag explain your situation and say i am going to leave the union for now and i hope to join later but i don't want to go ficor and they will respect that and then if five years down the road you do want to go back into sag then you will be able to get back into SAG, but you won't have to go stand in front of a board of strangers and plead your case. 
So, I mean, it's not a good option. It's definitely, like, not a situation you want to be in. But if you have to, that is probably a better route. Well, and and just to speak further to that point, um, if, if you want to be a professional actor, there are some sacrifices you're going to have to make. Uh, and one of those sacrifices is the understanding that there are only a few places in the United States where you can live and be a professional actor. So yeah. if you're from Minneapolis, if you're from... Uh, St. Louis, and you know, and you're you're really close to your family, and you can't see yourself moving away. Well, then, unless you're doing a lot of theater, you're not going to be able to make a living as an as an actor because there's just not enough work there. You have yeah. to be in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles, um, even uh, you know, even places where there's a lot of uh, production right now, like uh, New Orleans and uh, um, and the Carolinas, where they're doing a lot of the TV shows and films and whatnot. There's just, you know, a few TV shows there. Uh, so it's not like you can continually book roles on that TV show. You might get on it one time. But unless you have a guest star, uh, you know, that made a lot of money or you have a recurring role or you book a series regular, you're not going to be able to make enough money off those, play, uh, off those shows or off those films and whatnot. So unless you're in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles, the expectation is probably that you are not going to have enough you need to work to sustain a career off of people's work. So you got to know that going into it uh, because there, there shouldn't be any surprise that you join the union because you know one commercial in um, in Detroit and now you don't have any work. Well, what did you expect? You know, you, get, you have to be smart about this business and understand how you fit into it and and how the things work beyond the scene. Uh, it's not everyone would love to just live wherever they want to live and and make a living as an actor, but this is not the case at all. And you have to understand that. The commercial jam that Jimmy runs at the Green Room Studio is an excellent way for veterans to stay sharp and newcomers to get their feet wet. Every week, Jimmy selects a new commercial script to work on, and the jam is treated like a real audition scenario. All actors read from the same script and then get notes as a group while watching playback. Your takes are available to you via download, and it's all just 25 bucks. Sign up at thegreenroomstudio.tv. If you have a question you'd like Jimmy to answer on an upcoming episode, please call 206-424-9368 and leave a message on the podcast voicemail. As always, listeners, if you like this podcast, do me a huge favor, take 10 seconds and go to iTunes and give me a rating or review. I'm Lee Foster, and thank you for listening.